Take your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to be going to uh, verses 5 and 6 today. And uh, this an inter- interesting character, okay? So last week we studied faith is, what is faith? Faith is uh, confidence in God, it's trusting God. But the, the characters spell out and like demonstrate this is what faith is. And Abel showed us that faith is putting God first. It was about an offering. It was like taking from what he had, the firstlings of his flock, and giving it to God, saying, God, I don't know if I'll ever have any more, but I know that you come first. God desires, God requires the preeminence. God must be first in your life. If you're trying to please God and you're not putting him first, the question is, what are you putting first? And the Bible talks about idol worship. I'll tell you, an idol is anything that we put above God. And in our lives, we're like, I want life to work. Well, what, what are you putting above God? We're getting serious about this. We're talking about God giving us demonstrations of people in the Bible that says, this is faith. This is how you live it out. But our next discussion gets into a guy that's not very familiar. He's not a guy that we talk about. It's not a guy like, like Abel that we, we, you know, tell the stories in Sunday school and things. Not usually about this guy. So it's not a common character, but it says, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. It was not found because God, trans, uh, God had translated him. And before his translation, he had a, this testimony. Okay, he had this testimony that he pleased God. There's not a lot that is said about this guy. There's not a lot of... Uh, that there's actually more in the New Testament mentioned than there is in the Old Testament. That there's one thing that he's pretty known for in the Bible, and that's the fact that he never died. I, I have my own theory of why that happened, of why God took him. I think it's really interesting. It's intriguing. He lived in the days of Noah. He was the great-grandfather of Noah. And the Bible said that he walked with God, and before God destroyed the earth, God pulled him out in the wording of there of some form of a rapture. Now, if you're saying, what is that? I think it's prophetic of just an illustration of somebody in the Old Testament that God shows grace to pull people out. And if you don't understand that, we'll come back to another Bible study sometime and talk about the rapture. But I think that Enoch's story is kind of like an Old Testament version of pointing to New Testament truths. So it's a really interesting thing. But there's not a lot mentioned about them except for this. Look at this. It's mentioned in Hebrews Hebrews 11.5, the second part of that, before his translation, before God took him, he had this testimony. I, whatever this is about to be, I promise you this is vitally important. Because God said, this is his testimony. This is his legacy. Let me point out what's so special about this. And the word says, he pleased God. And I think for us, we'd look at the New Testament with the, the hall of faith of Hebrews 11. And we'd be like, they all please God. I mean, you think about all the different stories of the different ones, but emphatically it says whatever we're about to read about what he did, the Bible points out this illustration. It says he pleased God. He had this testimony so direct. So what was God saying that pleased him? Well, let's finish the verse. Have you ever studied a verse before or or, or quoted a verse, and this verse that I'm about to read is a verse that I quote all the time. I say it in passages. I say it when, I, when I'm teaching through things or I'm preaching through passages. I'll interject it and stuff like that. It is one that a lot of us have memorized, but I don't think we've ever like, connected to the point that this story, this verse that we're about to read is Enoch's story. Hebrews eleven six. listen to this. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
Why is it tying that word, uh, that faith, into the uh, previous word, uh, verse? It says, for without faith it's impossible to please God. You know why? Because it goes back to the other verse, Enoch pleased God. This is his story. This is just an extension of his story. But it comes out and says, without faith it's impossible to please him. So when we get to the next verse, and it's talking about this, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Do you know what Hebrews 11.6 is about? It's pointing to Enoch. This is how he pleased God. It's going through this illustration of this. It explains Enoch. I, 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 I quote this a lot, but I, we've got to take it in context. If we're going to understand this faith that pleased God, and without faith it's impossible to please God, then we have to go to Enoch and understand his story. This is why this is so important. If you are not living by faith, you are not pleasing God. And I know you're thinking, well, that's, that's a pretty obvious statement, Pastor Tony. But think about this. If you are not doing what Enoch is about to teach us that he did, your life, what is the opposite of, uh, of pleasing God? You are displeasing God with your life. I, I don't know about you, but I, I don't think that there can be a lot of blessings or joy or anything that comes out of our life if we're living a life that is displeasing to God. If we were to ask what that is, in our minds... This is what we do. We like this. I, I live this way and I do this and I do that. And, I, and to me, I feel like I'm pleasing God with this. And he goes in to say, you know what? It's not about what you think. It's about what God says. And it's so important for us to get this. If, we not, if we're not doing what Enoch did, you are not pleasing God. And, and I know that I say this every time I read or quote this verse right here. When he says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Do you realize that? It is not just difficult. It's not just complicated. It's not just that you're set back in this. Without living this way, it is absolutely impossible to please your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I think if we're going to read this, this is the time to perk up, get to the edge of our seats, pull out a pen and say, all right, whatever Enoch did, I better, I better pay attention to this because this is important. This is vital. This is important for us to do. Let me read Hebrews eleven six. For without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And I think that's where a lot of us leave it right there. Remember when I was talking about last week and I said that I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly? So in Hebrews eleven six, he's demonstrating, he said that you come to God, that takes a step of faith. When you got saved, and that's where a lot of us are at. I know Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. I understand that there's a hell. I, I, I asked him to come into my life. You must believe that he is, that he is salvation, that he is Jesus Christ, that he's the way, truth, and life. You must believe that there is a hell and that there is a heaven and that Jesus Christ paid the way for you to go to heaven by the cross. You must believe that. And I think for most of us, we'd be like, amen, hallelujah, I believe that. But there's an and here. He must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Can I just explain that it goes beyond being saved? There's another step. There's another level. There's a life to live. There's application to be applied. It's not just, uh, I believe that he is. I believe I'm going to heaven. And God says, do you, do you believe the rest of it? Go beyond the and. And I'm a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. This message is about choices. 
He said the illustration here is that diligently seek him, that God has a path or a plan or a destination, and whatever that is, I'm going to diligently go after it. That's what diligently seek him. I don't know what that is, but I can tell you this. I'm not going to miss out on what God has. Whatever that is, I'm going to diligently, with my heart, I'm going after it. That is what Enoch did. Somewhere along his life, God demonstrated and said, I've got something for your life. And Enoch was like, I want that. I'm going to forsake all other and I'm going to go after that. That's what this is about. You can choose your path in life. But you cannot choose your consequences. This whole passage that we're about to get into is about consequences. It is about being God, uh, following after what God has for us. It's about pursuing after God. And here's the thing that a lot of people say, and this is just the way it is, and I know this. Where we get to an age of uh, getting out of the house or doing our own thing. We have this mindset at a certain age or maybe even an adult. I'm an adult. I'm going to do what I want. I'm not going to have my parents tell me what to do. I'm not going after everything my youth pastor says to do. I'm not. Or or you're you're in your 20s and your 30s and you're like, I'm a grown man. I'll, I'll do whatever I want. Can I tell you, you are absolutely correct. You have the ability to do whatever you want. You can go where you want, you can do what you want, you can smoke what you want, you can drink what you want, you can, you can have sex with whoever you want, you can do what you want. We, we live in a society, God has given us free will, you can do what you want. You can choose your path, but you cannot choose the consequences. And that is the problem that we're not demonstrating. A lot of, you know, I talk about how did people get into messes today. You, you think about somebody that their life is a mess and you step back and say, how did that happen? How did you get there? They'd be like, I don't know. We step back and step back and step back. If you rewind, you're going to come back to the place that somewhere along the line, they came to a place to make a decision. There is God's way and there is your way. And every single one of us in our lives, multiple times during our life, especially at major decision points, we get to that place and you're saying, a place that I, I can do what I want. Yes, you can. So we choose to go down this path. We date the wrong person. And we know what the Bible says, but you know what? You're doing what you want to do. I'm my own person. I don't care what mom and dad say. Ah, whatever. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to engage in premarital sex. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to party in this way. I'll hang out where I want. I'll go to that party if I want. I'll skip church if I want. I'll do all these things. You can do that, but I promise you, you get into a mess and you look back and say, I don't know how I got here. I don't know if God even loves me because I prayed yesterday and nothing else happened. You made a mess of your life one step at a time. And we are having people follow down that path because they get to a decision point where they do that which is right in their own eyes that they don't fear the Lord and they don't depart from evil. See, what is this all about? This, is, this story about Enoch is about choices in life. The Bible says in Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That, that literally means that there's, there's a decision point that you come to and you, you're like, I, I, this is how I feel. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man. Everybody does this and I know it's popular and I know what my parents say or I know what the church says or I know what Baptists say or whatever you're going to label that. And, and we feel it as just, but there's a way that seemeth right unto a man. To me, I don't see anything wrong with it. So I'm going to take this direction. But the, what the Bible continues to say, but the ends thereof are the way of death. That online relationship that you're flirting with the opposite sex of somebody that used to go to school with or college or whatever, it's like 
say that's not a big deal. I know the Bible says not to do that, but I don't think it's anything bad or whatever. You engage in that. The ends thereof are the ways of death. Rebellion in your heart towards parents and rebellion in your heart towards authority, the decision that you make, whatever it is, the ways thereof, when you do that which is right in your own eye, which seemeth right in your own eye. To me, it just seemed right. Hebrews eleven six tells us the background, but Genesis tells us what he did to please God. Genesis five twenty one, and Enoch lived sixty and five years, and he begat Methuselah, and Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah three hundred years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. This is very specific, and that's the whole story of Enoch. That you, you just got the whole thing of the Old Testament. Pleasing God could be described in one simple phrase in this passage. Listen to this. It says this. If you're saying what he did to please God, and God points back to the Old Testament, says read his story. And it says one statement twice that's emphatically said over and over again. And Enoch walked with God. I could describe it as faith is simply walking with God. Pleasing God is literally walking with God. So let's break this down. What do, what, what do we learn from this passage? What's going on? Walking with God is making a choice. You say, I, I, I didn't catch that in the passage. You know, to be honest, when I read it the first time, I didn't either. And I read and read and read and said, what am I missing here? Notice how it's written. And Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah. So here's his story. He lived 65 years. Nothing is said about God. Nothing is said about him choosing God. Nothing's said about the way he chose. He lived in a wicked society, a wicked culture. You know, he was the great-grandfather of Noah. We know the story of Noah. That's where God destroyed the earth because every man did that which was right in their own eyes. They were wicked continually. The Bible says that the thoughts and intents of their hearts was constantly evil. There was no good. There was no offering God. There was no, no purity. There was no righteousness. There was no worship. There was no altars being built. It was just a wicked pagan culture. Now we're looking here in the story of Enoch. He, he's in the wake of that. He, he's one of the backstories leading to that decline. So you can imagine the world that he lived in was just do your own thing. Live your own way. It doesn't matter. Make yourself happy. That's just the way that it is. Until he was 65. And Enoch lived 16, five years and begat Methuselah. And then Enoch walked with God after, after he begat Methuselah 300 years and he begat sons and daughters. I'd love to interview him. I was like, dude, what happened? I mean, you lived 65 years in just your own way and then you had a son named Methuselah. I think Enoch would come back and say, Tony, I'll tell you, life was not working. Culture was wicked. I lived my own way. I did my own thing, but something happened. God gave me a child, and I wanted better for my child. And I knew that that influence of the world around us and everything that's happening and, and the, the negative culture and the, the negative influences and nobody wa- followed after God. And I, I held that baby in my hands for the first time, and I'm like, God, I want more for him. It says, and God gave him Methuselah, and after that, Methuselah made a choice to follow after God. He had a family. He had a son. In the midst of wicked times, 
I know that he would probably testify and say, I know what was normal. I know what everybody else did. I know that this, but something kicked in my heart. Something told me that there has to be something better. And Methuselah, at some point around 65 years old, Methuselah in his heart said, I make a choice. I'm not going that way anymore. In the description that it says, beginning the end of his story, that he decided that I'm going to walk with God. In Hebrews 11, it goes back and says, and that pleased me. You want to know what pleases God? It's walking through God. So here's where it comes to. And, and, and just so that we understand this in, in a visual of this, I want you to look at this picture. I want this to be the mindset that you have, that we come to a place in our lives, and it's not a physical path, it is a decision to make. And here's what a lot of us do, and I, I, I think Satan is so good at manipulating our minds and getting into our heads, that he'll label one of those as mom and dad's way, or one of those as the church's way. It's like, I grew up this way, and I had to do this, and I was never allowed to do this, and this was just something that our church preached all the time or whatever. And, and so we label it, I'm not, I'm not doing my mom and dad's way. You know the problem is, we need to define it as that there, there's God's way, and then there's your way. It's not a matter of mom's way and dad's way. And as long as we keep justifying it, I'm not going the church's way or I'm not going mom's way, the Bible instructions that his way is the only way. And we have to determine in our minds and our hearts, when we get to that place, we have to decide the direction that we're going. Because yes, life is about choices. And God brings us to a place of deciding for ourselves. It's no longer mom and dad just saying, well, I want you to be in church. Get out of bed. Put your clothes on. We're going to do this. Did you memorize your verse? Where's your Awana book? At some point in time when the influence is not there, you have to make a choice. And it doesn't matter if you've been in church 20, 30 years and you're, you're, you're just going through the motion. You believe that he is. But have you gotten to the end part where you believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him? There is a choice to be made. There's a, there, there, the Bible literally says that all through scripture about the choices that we have. They said, broad is the way that leads to destruction. So when people say, everybody is doing it, we don't tell the backstory of it. It says, narrow is the way. Jesus said over and over again, I am the way, the truth, and the life. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. There is a way that is right and a way that is wrong. But at the beginning of it, it, it literally decides if you're going this way or this way. But it's one step at a time. One thought at a time. One decision at a time. It drives me crazy. It drives me crazy how Satan is, is so good at this. It's, it's a matter of where, where you end up in life. And I, I'm just spelling this out because this is, this is how it is. You get to a crossroads and say, I'm going to do my own thing. Or I, I, I'm my own person. I know what mom and dad are saying. Or I know what the church is saying. I know what Pastor Tony says. But you have to determine in your right. What does God say? Which way are you going to go according to what God says? Because all of a sudden when God says, I'm not going to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Or I'm not going to date somebody that doesn't believe in God. Or I'm not going to date somebody that's going to take me on the wrong path. Or what fellowship have light with darkness. I know what the Bible says, but you know what? I like that person. I'm going to date them anyways. And I get invited to do things that I've never been able to do. Because it's one decision at a time. And you start going down a path. And then all of a sudden you're sleeping with them. And you're, you're figuring out that you have an STD. Or you're pregnant. And all these other things. You've got regret. Or I got uh, like dumped. And, and they don't care about me anymore. And you're saying, what happened to my life? It's because of the choice that you made in your heart to decide which direction you're going. Life is about choices. 
I love this song that we sing now in church. I choose the Jesus way. Yes. You know what that whole thing is? There's, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the way of death. There's, for every dad here, there's a choice to be made. Yeah, you stand at the crossroads of figuring out the type of man that you're going to be. You can choose to be the type of dad when the, when the Bible talks about that I will let no wicked word, no corrupt communication proceed out of my mouth. You, can, you have the choice to decide how you're going to talk to your wife and kids. It's a choice. It is a choice. And when you choose to say, I'm going to do it, well, everybody at work talks that way, and I justify it. I hear it all day long. That's just the way that culture is. Or I was raised that way. My dad cussed around me all the time. It's just who I am. Just accept me for who I am. That is justifying your wicked ways. That is sin, and it's ungodly, and God will not bless it. We have a bunch of men not being men and not being godly men because you justify your sin. You know what it is? Your dad had a choice the way that he was going to talk, and by the way, you have a choice the way that you're going to talk. Stop blaming it on everything else. Don't we serve a God that conquered death, hell, and the grave? He can also conquer your mouth. For us to live that way and keep justifying how we're going to act or I don't treat my wife this way or I get yelled at my kids or I get stressed all day so I just let my kids have it. You have an opportunity to go to the Jesus way to listen to what he says and to be a man of God that's an example to them. Because you know what happens? You go down that path. You start living that way. Your kid starts rebelling against your mom or his, your wife and telling her off, or I'm not doing that, or whatever. And you say, you don't, you don't treat your mom that way. Well, who are you to say when you treat her that way? That's right. We throw our hands up. I don't know why my, my life is a mess. I don't know why my kids don't respect me. I don't know why they don't want to go to church. You have a choice to make. And I tell you what, when the Bible says not forsaken the assembling of ourselves together as manner some are, and so much the more as you see the day approaching, our young people need the gospel more than they need sports education or anything in this culture. They need God more than anything. We make a choice in our hearts what we're going to prioritize. And it's just one day, one this, one that, whatever, until you get to the point where your kids get to the age where you say, get up, we're going to church. Why, Dad? I really don't want to because they weren't trained to go to church. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. You train them up that sports is a priority, they'll grow up to know that sports is a priority. When dad is the type of dad that can't get out of bed on Sunday morning because you worked hard all week, we all work hard all week. And by the way, you do what you love. But you're going to hate the day when you say, I can't see God in my kids' lives, and I wish I could get them to church. But you train them over and over again. When you're tired, you just sleep in because God's not a priority. Enoch, when he was 65 years old, it's not when he's 18. It wasn't when he was, it came to a place in his life, and he said, you know what? I'm going to walk after God. Life is about choices. Pleasing God is about making a decision in, the, in your direction of which way you're going to go. But here's the problem. The Bible says in James 4, 8, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinner, and, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, I, I'm going to explain that verse to you and, and just so you understand what he's saying with this. He said, if you draw nigh to God, you know what that is? It's a decision that you're going to make. I'm going to purify because the more you go after God, and he says, your language has to go. That does not apply to me. That does not honor me. That does not please me. I'm going to get that out of my life. I'm following after God, and he's going to constantly change who you are. You cannot follow God and stay the same. If you stay the same, you are not following God. 
You begin to follow after God and God begins to change you from the inside out. You will not be the same dad. When you make that decision of this is the direction that I'm going, just like Enoch did, you won't stay the same. Something changed. But the Bible says at the end of this, but ye are double-minded. Do you know what that is? I love the song. I love the message. Oh, man, that was good. But then when you walk out, you live another way on Monday. Or, or you're part of the youth group, and on Wednesday night, you'll get up and sing and praise God. But when you get with your friends on Friday, you're a different person. Different standards, different morals, different direction. And then well, you know what the Bible says? Your mind is in two different directions. I want to live for Jesus. I want the blessings. I want God to honor me. I love to lift my hands. I love to sing his praise. I love the, the thought of heaven. I love the fact that he's Jehovah Rapha. I love these things. But then we're going in this direction too with the actions that we live. And we're wondering why things aren't working. The Bible says this in the other part of James. He said a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Because you're constantly dipping into this and dipping into this. I want this way. I want these blessings, but I'm going to live. You're on a zigzag. You know what? It's not about being on a zigzag. You have to decide which direction you're going to go. Joshua is a picture of this. He stood before the people as an old man. All of his life, they had choices to make of who they were going to serve. And he got sick of it at the end of his life. And he just went before them as an old man about them to, about to go into the, the wilderness and or coming out of the wilderness, going into the promised land. And he said these words, and he said, And if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. And I challenge every person here, do you have to make a choice of the direction that you're going to go? Choose you this way whom you will serve. He said, I can promise you this, the God of the Amorites and the God of them, they are pagan gods, they have nothing, they will leave you high and dry, there's nothing satisfaction whatsoever in their life. It does not work. And he says at the end of it, as he's standing there with his staff, but it's for me and my house, we're going to simply please the Lord. And if we don't have that decision in our hearts that I'm going to please the Lord, then I promise you, you are displeasing the Lord. Enoch made a choice. And by the way, being here today does not mean that you are following God. Nope. It could simply mean that you know him. Enoch would testify to you, I didn't always live for God, but I came to the point. Let me, let me just bring you back to the picture. He just, he came to the point and he was like, I, I, I had to make a choice of what I was going to do. You have to make a choice. It begins with a choice. I, at this point, at 65 years old of what he was saying, I choose not to do that anymore because it's not working and I'm going to follow God. But notice what happens next. There's a choice to be made. He was 60 and 5 years old and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God. It says that. Enoch walked with God. And after he begat Methuselah 300 years, he begat sons and daughters. And the days of Enoch were 365 years. And it says it again in verse 24. And Enoch walked with God. Walking with God is making a choice. But walking with God is also following his plan. Verse 24, Enoch walked with God. Now, this is a description of life. You say, what was it that he did? Well, it started with, if I'm going to walk with God, he had to make a choice. At 65 years old, this is the direction I'm going. But I think we say that all the time. I'm going to walk with God. You need to walk with God. You need to do your devotions and walk with God. But the question is, what does that mean? What does it mean to walk with God? Because the Bible describes him twice as doing that. You, you need to understand that, it, that that means that if you're walking with God, that God takes the lead in your life. There, there's a verse in the Bible that says in John, he says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. 
See, the way that this works in life is God has a plan or direction that he's going to take. In order for you to follow the plan and truly walk with God, it literally means that you have to stop listening to yourself and you begin to listen to God and God alone. Say, well, my parents, my parents, my parents. I praise God for your parents, but I'm going to tell you the truth. You better listen to God even more than you listen to your parents. So I can't believe you just told me not to listen to your parents. The authority over your parents is the Lord God. We obey God above all things. And I think it's important for us to understand that it is not just about how you were raised. It's about the decision that you're going to make after you were raised in that Christian home. You decided in your heart that I'm going to follow after God. He said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Let's make application to this. So here we are in every decision that we make. The Bible says that the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The decisions that you make every single day of what you're going to do decides on the word of God, that God is guiding. This is walking with God, that God is here with me, that I take my yoke upon me, follow me, lean on me, go with me, follow me. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Every bit of this instruction is constantly God leading us. And he said, the word of God is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. That's how I know where to go because God leads me. That is the decision that we're making because it's not the direction that we go. It's constantly following that God decides and God is the middle of every decision that I make. Is God the, the, in the middle of every decision that you make? I, t- I gave the illustration about how you're going to talk when the Bible says that no wicked communication proceed out of your mouth. How do you know that? Because I'm walking with God and that's what God said. God will convict your heart and say, that's not how I want you to talk to your kids. It's not how you talk to authority. When it comes to how we're going to date, I promise you, this is, this is how it is. You say, how is it that I'm going to decide on how to live? In the world that is broad and everybody shows that this is the better way to go and just live for yourself and it doesn't matter. I don't care what TikTok says. I don't care what celebrity says. I don't care what singer says. You have to decide what does God say? And that's what matters. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what fellowship have light with darkness? You meet somebody and they don't put God first, then they are not dating material. Where are they going to take you in your relationship if they're not putting God first? Dating relationships is not a ministry. I'll say that all day long. I'll preach it to the top of my lungs. You date for a potential mate. You don't date to straighten people out. And the more we try to straighten people out by dating them, we're trying to convert them into something. You know what you need to do is follow somebody you can follow up, uh, date somebody that's following Jesus Christ. That's who you date. You can reach them as a friendship. You can reach them as just connection. Invite them to church. But I tell you what, when you start falling in love with somebody that is not following God, you are in danger zone because the Bible says, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. And this is not popular today. But I tell you what is popular today It's having to find out that you have an STD or find out that you're pregnant or find out that everybody knows about you sleeping around or find out that your parents this or whatever and you live in this turmoil and you're you're stressed out about everything in your life because God was not in it. It doesn't work without God. It literally means that God calls the shots in your life. God, God leads you through life. The Bible says in Psalms 37, verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delighteth in his ways. You know what the Bible is saying? It's literally every step that you take is ordered by the Lord. God, who do you want me to date? Where am I going to go to college? How am I going to spend my weekend? What do you want me to do with my finances? 
God, what am I going to do with the talents in my life? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. You know why? Because he's taking you someplace better. It's always better. Jesus was talking to the disciples. Jesus said unto him, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Do you know why he said it that way? Because he said, in order for you to truly follow after me, we're all like, I'm followers of Jesus Christ. I'm a Christian. I'm Christ-like. In order for you to follow after Jesus Christ, he said, if any man's going to come after me, we're coming like, let's go, Jesus. And Jesus said, well, you can't live that way. You can't have that habit. You're not going to have that mindset. You're not going to have that heart. But I want to. He said, listen, listen, listen. If you're going to come after me, you have to deny yourself. It's no longer this is what I feel in life because I tell you, that is getting no, you nowhere in life. It's not about how I feel or what I justify in my life. If you're going to come after me, you must deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. But notice verse 6 again. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that seek him. Is that what it says? It says a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He literally, it's not just a matter of, oh, I'm going to do it this way, or I, I love God today, or I'm, I'm going to obey God today, or I'm in my Bible today, or whatever. He said, listen, this is how you, he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, is when you diligently follow after God. When it's popular and when it's not. When other people are doing it and when they're not. When all your friends are going in that direction or not, you decide in your heart that I'm going to diligently seek him. I'm going to do it no matter who's going with me. I have decided to follow Jesus and there is no turning back. Walking with God is about making a choice. It is about following his plan. And it's about experiencing the better. Now I know you're thinking, like, Pastor Tony, this, this is supposed to be a message on faith. You're doing a series on faith. Let me take you back to the Enoch story at the very beginning. Hebrews 11.5, it says, by faith Enoch. So everything that follows after that verse, he's pointing to his faith of what he did. This is his faith. And what is part of faith? Let me, let me take you back to this picture. This is so important for us to understand. The thing is, when you're taking that direction, you don't know where it leads. You don't know where it leads. I, you, you, you have ideas and you, you think of this, but the only thing that you can do is you have to trust in the one that's leading you that is going to take you where you want to go. You talk about faith, and every day it's like, I decide, that, well, they, they say this is better, but the world says this better, and all my friends do this, and that's the way that they date, or that's the way that they party, or that's the way that they do their money, or that's the way that they have the job, or that's the way they spend their weekends, or whatever it is. You have to decide in your heart to trust God. That's what faith is. Faith is taking a step of putting your faith and confidence in God. If God says that this is better and I want better, then I have to have faith in God to say that this is what he says is better in my life. That's what faith is. So many choose the wrong direction in life because that other direction looks so much better. I'm going to tell you guys something, and you're going to be shocked that I'm saying this. Sin is fun. And I know you're saying, well, I don't want my kids hearing that. That is the truth. Sin is fun. The Bible even says, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. The reason why that path is so tempting to take in life because Satan makes it look so much fun. It is fun to get out and party. It is fun for that new relation. It is fun for all those things. But what the devil doesn't tell you, it is only fun for a season. 
He doesn't tell you at the end of that road what's around the corner is the fear that you have, the rejection that you have, the addiction that you have, the broken relationship that you have, the things that you lost. He doesn't tell you about that. He only puts the four, uh, the, in front of you uh, of, the, of the things that it offers to you or why it's intriguing in your life. He doesn't tell you the end results of it. It's fun for a season. And this is why so many people end up in a mess. They, they go by what they believe. You know, here's a verse that I gave you last week. This is so important. I said, you know a verse in the Old Testament that we quote all the time that is actually a verse about faith? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. That's like literally, I'm going to trust in the Lord. The direction that I'm going to go, I have to do it with all my heart. Not my hand, but my heart. I believe that God is. And lean not on your own understanding because I'm going to look that way and say, that looks fine. And I, I, I feel like everybody does that. And if everybody does it, and all my friends do it, I don't know why it's so wrong. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. But the verse that comes after this is so important. He says, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. You know why he's saying that? Because in our eyes, listen, in our eyes, we're looking at it and say, that looks good to me. That makes sense to me. I don't feel like that would destroy my life whatsoever. And the Bible says this is what faith is. Faith is when you put more confidence in what he says than how you feel. It all depends on what you want out of life. The Bible emphasized over and over and over again about the life that he had, that he was blessed. Walking with God means experiencing the better. Hebrews was this entire passage about the better. It's the entire Hebrews thing. It's like, I I have so much more for you. He was introducing this plan and he just uses these guys as the illustration. But if I was to go back to the beginning of Hebrews and I was walking through it 12, 13 times, it says this. But let me just give you a sample of this, okay? Can I just give you a sample of the better? In Hebrews 6, 9, our God said to us and says, we are persuaded for better things for you. Hebrews 7, 19, he says, I have a better hope. In verse 7, verse 22, or chapter 7, 22, he says, I have a better testament. Hebrews 8, 6, he said, I have a better covenant. Chapter 11, verse 35, he says, there's a better resurrection. In chapter 11, verse 40, he said, having provided some better things for us. The thing is that we're trusting God of the path that we choose is God saying, I don't care what the world says and I don't care what they have to offer. I am telling you that what I have for you is so much better. It's so much better. You cannot be deceived in your own eyes. You have to fear the Lord. You have to put yourself in check and say, I trust God for the better. That means you stand at the crossroads and you understand, yes, I can go that path that I can date who I want. And I can take that path and I'll do what I want and I'll party how I want and I'll go where I want. But if you rewind and you say, God, I don't know what this means, but I trust the better. You walk into a relationship that God has set up for you, not man, not your feelings, not lust, not society, but God created that person to meet your needs. And when God does something, it's, it's never, it can't be better than what God does. And you date and you stand at an altar and you give yourself to that person, not with regret that you have an STD, not with regret of baggage that you're dragging in, not that you have to worry about who's in the room that you also slept with, but you put God first. God brings you into a ministry to serve together in a church. 
God blesses you with kids that end up serving God and following after God. Why? Because they watch mom and dad do it. There's a way, there's a walk, there's a path. And the Bible says that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He's a rewarder. Don't leave that part out. That's part of Enoch's story. He, he blesses and it's not a matter of wealth and prosperity. It's not a matter, I'm gonna go down this path and how preachers on TV will say, and God will load your bank account. Can I tell you, there's so much more to life than money. When you are fulfilled in life and you are satisfied and you have a wife that loves you and she loves you back, when you have kids that love you and they love you back, when you have a church family that love you and they love you back. It's not a matter of you take a step of obedience and God passes out 20s along the way. It's not a matter of that. It's a matter of that God blesses you in ways that man cannot. Can we go back to this picture? This is where you're at right now. Enoch, it was for 65. Some of you, it might be 16. Some of you, it might be 85 or 65. I don't know where you're at. But this is faith. And when we come to church, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes in there. God says, I I have better for you. I have better for you. I have better for you. But do you trust me? Or are you going to lean on your own understanding? Do you not understand that I have... There's a way, there's a path, there's blessings that I created that you can't even see. You can't see around the corner. You can't see down that path, but God can. Therefore, you trust God with all your heart because he has better for you.